So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. I need you to pay attention right now and like stop everything that you're doing because we have something very special, a big announcement. I'm here with my good friend, Miss Kim Green, and she has something she wants to let everybody know about and it's pretty it's pretty near and dear to my heart. And so, Kim, uh, tell us. Well, thank yes. you for having me. Yes, thank yes. Thank you for having me. I'm Kim Green, and I am a business manager for a youth football team. Had the privilege of knowing Corey and having his awesome son on our team. And the and these these children on our team are comprised of kids that are what 12, 13 years old. Some of them are going to high school next year, and they have a once in a lifetime opportunity to go to Florida and play in the tackle football national championship. They've done something special this season. Yes, they have. They are a really good team. And what's their record right now? They are 10 and 0, folks. 10 and 0. Yeah, baby. 10 and 0. That means something. It does. These kids started training in June. They did their tough 20s for 20 days in a row. I've watched them work really hard. I mean, every day practice. uh, I mean, and like now, understand this. In Arizona, June is like super. It is like 110 degrees. And when they put their pads on, I think that week, it was like 113. So these boys have been through hell and back. Yes, they have. <laughs> and um, but um, and so we, uh, you are doing a fundraiser. A fundraiser. Yes, I am. I so am tell them what fundraiser. you need them to do. I need you to go online to sendtheteam.com and donate some money to the team. Okay, we so because there's a cost to go to. There Florida. is a huge cost. Um, We're sending like thirty kids. Thirty and, kids and all the chaperones and stuff like that. Coaches. Um, they're in Florida for a week. They have a chance to play at least three games. Yeah. And in between, they're going to do their studies because, of course, they all these study. kids are good athletes, too. And these kids are going somewhere yeah, in life. Yeah, they, really, they really are. are. And what? And they're also going um, to Universal Studios. Like, you got to make it fun, right? Heck, yeah. They have a fun night where they have a roll out a red carpet. They give awards out, and the kids get to spend time at Universal Studios yeah. in Florida. So it's going to be a really, I mean, honestly, and now I'm very partial to this because my son plays on the team, and um, it's been a really neat, we have three high school coaches, yeah. like high school level yes. coaches that are on our team, they are. Yes. and giving instruction to these boys, and to watch their growth has been amazing. It's huge. It is huge. So where you need to go, again, is sendtheteam.com, and any donation that they can make, um, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, our goal is to raise $10,000. Now, just so you know, uh, Corey Peterson, homie Peterson, I've already donated over like $10,000. I'm going to pay for everybody's flights yes, to get, to get us there. there. And so, but we still need 
Um, I mean, food, hotels, food. Hotel. Oh, yeah, these boys eat a lot. It's seven. We have to stay the full seven days. Yeah, we, we can't even stay. leave early. Because they do games every other day. We'll do studying. Yeah, so we need food. Yeah. So And these boys eat a lot. Work. Like, you ever got, if you guys know, have 12-year-olds, 11, 12-year-olds, <laughs> they're like human garbage. Oh, my gosh. I have boys at my house all the time, and Costco <laughs> runs all the time, which we'll, we, we will be doing that when we're in Florida. Yeah. Get so some snacks. It's going to be a lot of fun. So what's the website one more time? Sendtheteam.com. Anything you can do helps, folks. We would greatly appreciate it. Help these kids. I mean, some of these kids on the team, single moms, they they just would They're never struggling. get this yes, opportunity yes. again. And yes. I'm just asking you, sendtheteam.com. And Corey, I greatly appreciate you having me uh, on your thank show you so today. Much, thank you so hey, much. Hey, there you guys have it. Sendtheteam.com. Go there right now. Pause the podcast, whatever you're doing. Go there and show us, show me the love. Listen, we don't ever ask for anything on this podcast. But this one time, I'm going to make a special exception, and I would love for you to go to sendtheteam.com on our GoFundMe account, and uh, and please give a, a generous donation. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All right, now let's get on to the show. Wonderful show today. I've got someone that's been in the business for a while, has actually produced a crap ton of content out there. He's a machine when it comes to producing really great things about the multifamily space. He's a wealth of knowledge, but uh, Sterling White, let me welcome you to the show, brother. How you doing? Thank you. I am ready to bring the tsunami to everyone. So right I'm on. in. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, you know, we started talking before, before we started the show about kind of like your experience, what you've been doing. Kind of just give everybody your background story of where you came from and, and really kind of how you became successful in the multifamily space. Yeah. So in the early childhood days, I've always been into entrepreneurship from selling Kool-Aid to kids uh, throughout the elementary school. My environment was not so good. So that's been a huge driving force in getting myself out of that and also being an idea to those folks there that they can take a more a better path. And so transition to the real estate sector is about 18, 19. It was when I got started on the construction side where things were not so great uh, on the, the downturn of the market, and then shifted from construction to single family home investing, and then saw all of the huge benefits that are associated with uh, multifamily and solely went all in on that with my partner and I. Oh, dude, you know, the multifamily space has been really crazy. So you said, how many own, uh, units do you have right now? Just a little under 400 at this moment. Oh, man, that's huge, dude. Like, give us some examples of what you went through. I like, I always like to say, like, give me your great story and then give me your pain story, right? Oh, gosh. Because both yeah. of those are usually really fun to hear. I would say the biggest pain has uh, getting constantly kicked in the face by, especially now in this market, by owners who are, for one, not interested in selling and also just uh, very mean and not so nice people. So that's one thing. And the huge success that came out of that is actually staying persistent on top of those people who do kick you in the face that things do change. And then you're that one that's at top of mind when they do want to move forward in selling. Let's expand on that too. So like, so finding your deals, right? Like, so we want to talk about how to find deals. You probably do it differently than most. And it sounds like it and what we talked about. So if you can, let's kind of expand on how Sterling White finds some deals. 
Yeah. So it's, I would, I would say it's just not myself. I do have a team, so I have to provide credit to them, but it's all on our side is the off market. Cause now on market is multiple call to offers, highest and best, all these multiple tours. So it's absolute craziness going that route and going through brokers. So we go off market direct to seller. And through that is we're constantly pounding the phones in addition to doing direct mail and showing up in person to speak with these decision makers. So it's all about the uh, follow-up and attempting your best to get in touch with that decision maker and get through the gatekeeper. So how do you, and like, what do you think is the, or the biggest roadblock? Cause I always think about like, cause in multifamily, so it's not like single family where like, Hey, John Smith owns the house, right? So I'm going to talk to John Smith because a lot of times these are corporations and the, you know, I would say it's more of a sophisticated investor. And so you got to do a little research. So, and, and like, who is the actual owner? Exactly. Right? Yes. And that is one thing that we've actually now outsourced to where we have someone who does the researching because that in itself is can be full time because it's pretty intensive. And I would say the biggest obstacle is getting through the gatekeeper, which oftentimes is the property management company, which they're not incentivized to sell oftentimes because they feel that you're going to fire them and get someone else in place. So right. ultimately, you just have to build rapport with that individual and uh, leverage them to get in touch with that uh, decision maker. And right. so sometimes you can go through the on. property manager to say, hey, I think we want to sell. Have you thought about selling? Well, would you mention to the owner that we bought 123 Main Street, which is right around the corner, and we closed close quickly. So if they happen to be interested in selling, could you relay the message to that individual? So it's oh, more wow. of that route. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this, this kind of reminds me of my single family take on finding deals, but it's just on the multifamily level. Yeah, where, exactly. Where, where you're really just taking the same concepts of, hey, listen, because think about this. I, I think about this. Like, what are commercial brokers? What do they really do? They're doing the work that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You have to now just base, uh, beat them to the punch because once it goes to the market, is it just gets overbid. So yeah, you're doing and their job. Their com- and they're adding on top of their commission to the seller, which is like like if you can take exit that out four percent off of a deal, on you know on a bigger deal, that that's a lot of money. Yeah, and that's that's what you would leverage too. Because one thing I want to mention to your audience, even though you're buying these assets, you still have to sell yourself to the owner that you're the right buyer for the deal. Right. What about getting like records? So when you do it that route, how do you get, because uh, I don't do it this way, right? I just work through straightly through brokers and broker relations, right? Now, mm-hmm. and I teach bro like even there's a gain or a way to do that. Like, because you want brokers to know you, like you, and trust them, become your friend, right? Exactly. When they're friends, they sometimes they'll try to avoid highest and best. They want to help you say, here's the deal, right? Cue you up. It doesn't exactly. always happen though. Cause like the market dictates, like when you got a big, bad buyer coming in, he, you know, you know, like said, well, that, that plan was out the door. Yeah. And they're incentivized for their client on the other end too, to get the best price for them. So it's, ah, uh, yeah. It's tough, right? It's tough. Yeah. So, but like getting financials, right. And that's one of the always things that like, I've always, is like, it's kind of hard to get complete and accurate financials, but maybe that's not the case. So speak to that. 
Yeah, oftentimes we still do run into that because we generally do target mom and pop owners. So our primary focus is 75 to 150 units, uh, apartment complexes that are distressed. So most often those are ran by mom and pop. So we do run into situations to where uh, we have to piece together their financials that they have. So what we do is we'll just normalize what it would look if it was efficiently and pro, uh, professionally ran. Right. Now I get it. Yeah. I mean, you got you model because even like, so internally we know our numbers, right? It's like, exactly. we know our expenses and really it's just a matter of understanding the income that it could take. Exactly. So once and you can figure out the income side of it, which is not hard, we already know the expense side of it because those are pretty much fixed for us. We know what it costs to operate. Yeah, you can use general rules of thumb, like on a C-class older built asset, you can say it's going to be between 50 to 55% expenses. And yeah. one thing that I uh, saw was, just to give your audience an example, is there was one mom and pop owner that was actually uh, writing off or billing to the property their travel expenses to Hawaii or wherever they went to. And we said, well, that's not going to translate. That's part of the P&L too. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, like that's, that's not there. Like that expense, phantom expense never happened for us. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and they've lowered their value of the property at a cap rate. Exactly. With that expense. Directly affected their uh, bottom and line. And you know, that happens all the time. Yes, it does. <laughs> Because <laughs> I would actually say some of my expenses are sometimes rolled up in some of my properties, right? <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm traveling, you know, there's sometimes I, you know, if I go to this and I'm going to go whatever, right? So we even have a, uh, we have a line item called property exploration in all my properties. And so that's for truly, we're trying to find new deals. So like we create a line item for that. And, but in it, right, so there's travel involved. And sometimes there might be a travel trip. <laughs> All right. We're doing some property expiration. Well, his, I know, strictly was for leisure. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. not buying any more property. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to look to see if there's any apartments in Hawaii that I wanted to buy, and I couldn't find anything. Oh, I would have <laughs> Oh, gotcha. I got you. <laughs> The proper expense, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in that, I mean, what kind of deal flow do you, I mean, because I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Like, so this is something that I don't currently do that I feel like, man, I want to, but like, I just don't want it. So you're saying you have outside people. I'm, I'm saying that's probably virtual assistants, right? Yeah. So originally it was uh, myself. And then we also had a, another acquisitions guy that were basically inside brokers. But now we've completely broken it down and wanted to share the system with everyone is we have someone who's the researcher who scraps the data to find the owner information, decision maker. And yeah. then we have someone who uh, does the cold calls. And all these people can be found on Upwork. Excellent source to find uh, freelancers. And formerly, I believe it was called Odesk. Yep, and then, Odesk, so, yep, Upworks, is, yep, I use it a lot. And then we have that person who does the cold calls. And then now they set the appointment for myself once the person, they get them to a point that they are interested in selling. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's huge, man. Like so, And so, no, but do, what about yeah. direct mail? Are you just doing cold, uh, true phone calls? Or are you doing a little bit of direct mail as well? 
Yeah, so we integrate the direct mail as more of a, a follow-up mechanism. So if we're not able to get in touch with them through the gatekeeper or through uh, them directly, that's when we'll do direct mail. Yellow letters, we'll send uh, little gifts uh, saying, hey, just looking to get in uh, touch with you. Uh, one thing I would love sharing with people is, well, I'll actually send a Rubik's Cube and it'll say, hey, let's figure this out. <laughs> just something staying on top of mind yeah, yeah man yes <laughs> that's that's really like listen getting top of mind of somebody you know no one's thinking about selling until they're ready to sell like i mean exactly. i had an idea the other day someone said hey Corey, why don't you you should think about selling this property i've owned it for a while and i would have never thought about it i'm like well it's not it's not ready yet he goes but i think you could probably get a ridiculous amount of money for it and so all of a sudden my wheels started spinning and I was like, well, man, I, I think, I, I think I'm going to try to sell my property. I'm going to, you know, so like we're getting it ready for sell to oh. sell spring. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Did and you have was, someone in mind to sell to or it's. Uh, so whoever can give you the most money. Oh yes. There we go. <laughs> so now we have a process so we do actually have a process when we sell, we will try to find um, family off, small family office and broken 1031 exchanges. Right. Oh. So we actually do some direct mail marketing for that because we usually have really, I mean, we have perfect financial records, right? And we keep them, we keep our financials very tight, very clean. It's very easy to read cash books. That's typically how we will try to sell for uh, more money is because those types of buyers will overpay if they have an easy button. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're saving all that money on taxes or deferring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Deferring the taxes, like they'll overpay because they don't want to get hit with a big tax bill from, you know, our biggest uncle, uncle right? Uncle Sam. (laughs) (laughs) A tax man, he's a real partner, whether you know it or not. (laughs) Exactly. He's always going to get the money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in that, so what kind of deal flow do you get? Like, I mean, I mean, what are you trying, how many deals are you trying to buy in a year? And what's a good pace for you? Because everybody has, this is different for everybody, by the way. Yeah, so I would say our goal uh, this year was 500 units uh, on the multifamily side. We are just at a little under 200, so we did not hit that goal. We still have the rest of the year left. Well, just a a couple months. But through that, so we're looking at uh, acquisition side between about five to six deals. Well, I'd say four to five is would be perfect. Right, are uh, a solid, and we're looking at anywhere between 150 to 200 properties in order to pull down one. Okay, right. And typically, unit size. What are you What are you rolling with? Uh, 75 to 150. Okay, so that's a great that's a great size, right? I mean, I, uh, 75 is really my minimum as well. Um, really, I, I honestly say 100. My management company will say 75, but I like 100. <laughs> Just because it gives me a little bit more flexibility, right? Yeah, economies but, of scale too. You can have enough. someone definitely full time as far as a property manager and a maintenance. Seventy five is kind of a tweener off the. Yeah, tweener, tweener exactly. Yeah. It's a tweener, dude. You're like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get all excited at seventy five, but it's like a hundred, like a hundred and fifty. You're like, ooh, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Property, right. <laughs> Um, what about like, uh, so when, when you find these people, do they tend to be pretty easy to work with? The once, owners? Well, yeah. Once they say, once they, in their mind, they're like, man, yeah, you're right. I, I think I want to sell. How hard is it to then get them under contract? 
Yes and no. We're actually dealing with the seller right now, and it's been through the course of just a little under a year and a half or so, where he we've gone back and forth to being very close to going under contract, and then him going, he actually went with a buyer at some other time. That deal fell through, so now he came back to me, uh, came back to us, and now he's actually uh, looking for farm to do a ten thirty one into. So still has yet to sign the contract. So. It, it really varies. Some sellers are easier than others, but uh, oftentimes we are dealing with the mom and pop side is the financials may not be, they may not be as sophisticated. So right. again, it goes into normalizing everything. But you just said something that really just caught my attention there too, because timing. So you're saying he's having you in backup. He's saying, listen, I want to get my 1031 exchange set up. I know you want to buy the property. If I can get this piece going, to do the, the, the whole exchange rolling, then I'm willing to sell to you. Exactly. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of actually really cool because to know that, I mean, gosh, that's, that's not even like when you're doing a selling a property, you're like, Oh God, I really got to make sure I have like the next thing. And then a lot of times you don't know. So if you can look at it first and find it and then say, okay, activate the mechanism. Exactly. That's huge. And if you're having those relationships, because a, then they know that they're not dealing with the broker and all the crap that it, like you're saying, I'm here to buy. And they're like, great, great. Well, I'm trying to do this, this, and this. And so as long as you're following up is what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, also uh, being of value. So it's, uh, hey, did you need any assistance with trying to, because that's what I do is on the acquisition side is, do you need any uh, help finding those different uh, assets, or do you need help finding a? I believe you call it a mediary. Uh, the the ones that do the actual ten thirty one right the exchange right Excel right. So a lot of times they everybody says oh ten thirty one exchange, but like well who do I call? Right, <laughs> exactly. They've yeah, heard the words. There's a process. Like, who do I use to actually do the exchange? Right. Yes, it's not just you. <laughs> That is some funny stuff. But I mean, honestly, so because really when you're dealing with those mom and pop owners, right, they um, they're not as sophisticated. They don't have all these things. They bought something and figured it out. So like that's kind of like they want to make sure that they're able to like if you can provide value, what you just said, provide value. Exactly. A long way, does it not? Yeah. And that's another way just to follow up too. That's the biggest, because you can keep, let's say, pound the phone, direct mail, showing up in person saying, Hey, are you interested in selling? Hey, are you interested in selling? Or you can take another route and be a value. Hey, uh, have you heard of a 1031 and then provide some education or it's just another way to follow up ultimately. Yeah. I mean, when I think even finding also, I always tell people like one deal can change your life in a multifamily. Don't you? I mean, like your first deal, you got like it had to feel really good, and like when you say, "Oh, we only did 200 units this year," it's still 200 units. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just a different, uh, I guess, perception for me and going bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, me too. Like, I want to do like my goal is to do a thousand this year, right? So we close. We have our last closing on November 30th, and we'll hit it, right? When oh, nice, right? <laughs> but but if we didn't. I'm still okay. Like we closed two deals, right? Two, you know, two bigger ones. And this third one's a pretty good sized one as well. And like, that's, I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't have to. And I, and I, I don't even say like number of units anymore because everybody's like, oh, how many units do you own? How many units? I know people that own units. You probably do the same that 
Oh, you know, but they don't make any money, right? Or they're just yeah. like, they're just like, eh. I mean, I was more about like, show me how much cash flow you're making. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll show you mine if you show yours, right? Maybe they're just accumulating all that to sell it, sell it to a package it up, and sell it as a reader or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to say, how many projects am I going to do this year? I would like to do three uh, projects or four projects. Like one a quarter, it would be like nirvana for me right <laughs> if i do one uh-huh. of them now they don't ever come like that they always come in like clusters it feels like but, i uh, agree yeah you know <laughs> so i'm like oh i don't know what's gonna happen and then boom everything comes to fruition all at once and then yeah it just bolts so one of the things we talked about before the show is like um raising private money and then like and you have a tool to help that let's talk about that yeah, so there was a software that we ended up putting together, which is the the name of it is Syndication Pro. But through that, when we got started, it uh, allowed us ultimately to facilitate the uh, raising money online uh, and just streamlining that whole process, and then also uh, creating that overall uh, investor experience because they can then go to their dashboard and view uh, the history on how performance is going because. That's ultimately what we do to take down these deals is we use our own cash and also investor partners as well. Right. And when I teach syndication all the time, like that's my main form. We, we talk about syndicating all the time. In fact, I just actually signed up for somebody else's software called IMS, right? You heard wow. IMS? Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah. Right. So we just signed up so we can have a login portal for all our investors so they can have and see all their deals and their, um, you know, what they're invested in. Cause I mean, I've got multiple people now in multiple deals and like they need what they want to know. Like I can't like, cause they are like, I don't know which ones I am in. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. right? What's going on. You know, I know I get my checks, but like it would nice, it would nice to be able to see it in kind of like a statement form. Mm-hmm. And so is that kind of what your software does? Like a little bit of that too? Yeah. It's the exact same process, more affordable than IMS. Of course they're, they well, come with the price me. to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, cause what we've experienced is what you uh, alluded to is investors are looking more for that overall experience to be able to log in somewhere and uh, kind of keep up to date on their investment. Let's talk about how, like, so in my mind, this is uh, like why I'm moving towards it. Cause I believe it's, super, super valuable right now. Right. So, because in the age of raising capital, it's all about perception. Perception is reality, right? Exactly. So if you look like Joe, I'm, I'm just working out of my house, even though I'm working out of my house, okay? <laughs> but it looks really nice. I would well, not have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. This is my home office. So, and it's the only office I have. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you would think that, you know, what you want your investors to to portray you as, right, as a, you know, lean, mean corporation company that takes in, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Of course, we do do that. But like, but they, in their minds, they put you in an office somewhere mm-hmm. in a space. You're supposed to have a building and like, you're supposed to have like, you know, lots of staff and whatever, right? <laughs> exactly. Even though, like, you just saw my assistant, she's kind of been going back, right? She <laughs> comes to the house and she works. That's her her office is right behind mine. Oh, there you and go. That's like, but that's the, that's our reality. But you want to have a front to be able to show them that you're sophisticated in your reporting and your in like a login. So, like Merrill Lynch, 
your brokerage account. You log into that, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it makes just sense. What you're, what you're offering, what you have, really plays well into like, hey, I want to log in and see how my investments are doing. Yeah, versus someone, uh, oftentimes they'll email you or you send just a standard email that says, hey, this is how your investment is going. And then they have to jump back into their email and kind of track it. And then go to a calculator and uh, do the math on their own. And yeah, we're just- Yeah, it's a lot of, you you don't want your investors, you want an easy button for your investors. Like, hey, just log in. We put in all the data. It populates. Here's every check that you've gotten paid. Here's the total income you've made. Here's maybe even the value at the property based on the last NOI or whatever, uh, you know, our T12 average or what our property's worth, right? And with that, for people who are just getting started, ultimately what we've been discussing is the whole investor experience that ultimately assists you with the whole retention because they see that the professionalism and they have the easy button that they are saying, okay, well, I trust this individual. I really like the, the service. I'm going to keep investing with them for the long. I want to give them more money. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's what we all. Because want. that's really what it's all about: is saying, "Hey, I have a platform. I'm not just Joe Smo. You can show your friends and buddies, right? I can, I, I can talk to them, and like this is what my, what my I know I invest in real real estate, and they, you know, and here's my account, and here's what it works, and they start doing that golfing because. People with money tend to talk, right? Exactly. And they always always like, everybody wants to show who's got the biggest and baddest, right? (laughs) And like, that's the truth. And so they love, that makes good conversation. And all that does is raise you and your company up on a pedestal. Exactly. It it brings you value, which allows you to raise more and more capital. And so that, we've never done, like, so I've been doing this for, I don't know. I mean, I just now am, we are, we're not even launched our portal yet. Like we have been putting all the data cause we had to go through all our properties and get all everything. And like, we've been doing data entry for like a while. Oh gosh. Paying Hopefully not you. <laughs> Specifically. Oh, does it look like I do that? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's not, there was a meeting today that I wasn't part of, but I know a meeting went down. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, you just get the spark notes <laughs> yeah exactly so where i know we're, we're close we're close to getting all the data in so we can actually turn it on live because so we really want to be able to to launch it live because that is important to share that um that experience with our investors and so on your side going back to the brokers how's that experience been going with you have you been able to get pocket listings uh for this year I mean, we got three great deals so like and those came all came from broker relations right and so but we have to kiss a lot of frogs, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So we underwrote like 750 something deals last year, or Gosh. really this year. We'll transact on three, and uh, my group, a couple of other guys, will totally transact on six deals, of which mm-hmm. three are mine. And so that's a lot of uh, you know trying to do research and data to try to find the relationships to deals that actually work. Mm-hmm. And most of them don't right now. Like, like usually we try to have a pipeline of potential deals that may or may work. And right now we have no pipeline. Gotcha. Yeah. Of things that we think that might even like would, they don't even, nothing qualifies to even say, let's like kick the tires. Yeah. Either, it either works day one or works going in or it's just not even close. Yeah, like not even close. So like we start, we, we subscribe to, um, a lot of brokers lists, right? Because every time, a, a, you know, 
And so then we start crunching numbers. And so we have we have a very much a uh, archaic formula of what it takes to get into, and then when we have a, a potential qualified deal, and then from there we start we start informing it, and we have other people that do take it to the next level until it finally says, "Hey, this merits a site visit." Right? Oh, gotcha. When when are you uh, specifically getting involved on on I that don't. site visit? Okay, gotcha. So I actually, um, I, I have this, uh, I paid out, my management company does a lot of the work on it, right? They'll go and do the site visit and uh, make sure that they're all involved and like, that's what they do, right? Gotcha. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I used to, but like, it's not a good use of my time. I, I really, my job is to talk to capital. Yep. Okay. There you right? go. You see it when it goes under contract? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Once we're under contract, because usually immediately after that, We'll do our due diligence. So I'll always fly out for due diligence. I got to put my feet on the ground. But we will actually will have someone that will do a site visit, and they they provide what's called a CSV, a cumulative site visit report for me with all you know images and pictures and like oh. we have a whole list of what what the hell what happened, right? <laughs> but, so it's a report that's given to me, and so from there that I can make informed decisions to say yeah okay that that this looks like what we want to do. Awesome. Well, there you go. You've stepped all the way up now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I believe in living uh, the sunsets and palm trees kind of uh, lifestyle of, uh, you know, <laughs> do as little as possible and make as much money as possible. Fair enough. Yeah. That's great <laughs> philosophy to add. <laughs> um, so, um, listen, I, I, I have actually someone just showed up, so I don't want to cut our podcast short, but I really kind of want to make sure um, – uh, I, I don't leave him behind, but so if people want to get a hold of you um, and uh, well, like get the software, where do they go? How do they find it? Yeah. So you can go to syndicationpro.co, not.com.co. And also if you want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to provide you value on, was it marketing to find investors, raising money, uh, finding deals, et cetera. Uh, that can be sterling at syndicationpro.co, or you can reach out to me on biggerpockets.com. As they say, slide into the DM. <laughs> slide to the DM, bro. <laughs> so syndicationpro.co, co, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's the software. And then, uh, dude, that's 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 probably pretty valuable. I think that's. I, I actually I'm gonna go and check it out. And uh, I really want to like because I'm I know what I'm paying. And I'm paying a lot. Um, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll say, Sarah, stop everything. (laughs) (laughs) All that work. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, I mean, for ordinary average syndicators that are actually out there raising money, like that is the new must have. You must have. If you want to raise your game, wouldn't you say like that? You have to have that software. Yeah. Whether it's an IMS, your software or something, you need to have something where people can log in and really get like, their stuff uh, seen and viewed so it looks professional and, and to the point. The digital, we're the digital age versus the old school route. And you just got to uh, adjust with the times ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you. Looking forward to learning more. I'm going to have you on my podcast again, because I'm going to go onto this site. I'm going to check it out. And uh, listen, thank you so much for that viable, a go find off market deals and then go to Sterling or uh, wait, Sterling Pro, right? Wait, Syndication Pro. Syndication Pro. Go <laughs> to check out the portal and how you can raise capital 
and have a, a legitimate system to go make it happen, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, brother. All right. Uh, thanks, man. Hey, listen, you may be right now listening, listening to this podcast and you may be saying to yourself, gosh, you know, how do I do this? How do I get into the real estate game? We have provided you a really nice way to kind of get started. We call it the Quick Start Workshop. And you go to kahunawealthbuilders.com and that is a place where you can opt in for free, get some education to start your journey because I believe you start the journey in your head first. And when you start to believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise can be possible.